Hey, Carl, how are you going? Yeah, very good, Tim. Thank you for, for catching up with me again. And um, for everyone that uh, listened to or has not listened to the previous episode on Legends, we spoke to Carl and Ross, uh, and we talked about their time um, also with Adelaide City, but their time as players with Adelaide United. But on this extra time episode, uh, I just want to catch up with Carl and, and talk about your time overseas and the time you spent with Sheffield United and Crystal Palace and Millwall, which happens to be where my family are from that area. Uh, so Millwall's our, our my, well, my lower league team. So I'm kind of fascinated about that. But um, I think back in the day, whenever there was an article or something written about you, they would always, always have to mention the FA Cup goal you scored, <laughs> you know, for Sheffield United yeah, against Arsenal. Was- so, yeah, let's just talk about yeah, your time. Yeah, then. Um, yeah look, it was, um, I suppose, before a lot of players started going overseas. Um, I was fortunate enough to go, you know, 94 to Sheffield, which was a big club at the time. They'd just been relegated from the Premier League and the Premier League was just starting to, to take off. Um, so it was, yeah, it was good. It was very eye-opening. Um, the football was quite different. And, you know, just the... I suppose everything that went with football in the UK, you know, everyone talked about football, especially going to a, a, a city like Sheffield um, where they had two big teams, you know, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. And it was a very passionate city about football um, and quite quite a similar, you know, city to where I grew up, you know, a steel city. Wyala was a steel city. So there was some similarities. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's interesting. So going from Wyala to playing, you know, for Adelaide City, uh, but then going to just such a, a hotbed, uh, I, you know, of course you would have, uh, you know, expected, you know, an elevation, but did you get there and kind of think, oh, this is, this is next level? Um, yeah, most definitely. Uh, the intensity, um, you know, the training level was, every day was, you know, almost like a match. Um, and the, you know, the eagerness and, and the desperation of everyone wanting to play. And, you know, especially, I suppose, coming from Australia back then, you know, not too many people um, thought too much about Australian football at the time. Um, so I was seriously tested at the beginning, um, not just with my football, but also how I was, whether I could, you know, take the heat in the kitchen as such. Um, yeah. And then after, you know, I, I think it only took maybe a couple of weeks, you know, for the players there to, to really welcome me there. Um, you know, once I'd shown that I could play at that level and was, you know, pretty much um, fitted into their environment because they had a, a very tight um, change room there. You know, the players got on very well. Um, and, you know, a manager that, you know, was very big on having a, a good close bond in the playing group. Yeah, did you survive a few kicks to the ankles and the legs in training when you first got there? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, as, as most definitely. It didn't matter. Um, you know, they sort of tested me out at the beginning, but then it was like that for everyone. Um, right. You know, everyone wanted to play and you had to train the way you wanted to play. Um, and it was very tough. We were, you know, had a lot of experienced players there, you know, coming down from the, the premiership and they wanted to go straight back up. Um, right. So there was, you know, a point to prove because they went down, you know, the last game of the season. It was, you know, so it was a tough time for them. Um, but I had a, a, you know, my first season there was um, 
really enjoyed it. I said the change room there was was um, first class, um, and they really welcomed me in. Yeah, well, I think even even now on social media, we still get the odd comment. You know, when we post about your like a, a press conference, even on YouTube or whatever, and it's a Sheffield United fan or even a Palace fan. And they're like, oh, I remember Carl Viet back in the 90s. You know what I mean? So you seem to, you obviously developed a, a good rapport with everyone over there. Um, yeah, I think especially at Sheffield, they, um, the fans um, sort of liked the way I played because I gave 100%, worked extremely hard, um, and they liked that. Um, so I was, I suppose, I had a really good time at Sheffield. It was um, disappointing to leave. Mm. Um, you know, but that's what happens. You know, a new, a new manager came in, and I wasn't getting a lot of game time. Um, so then I had moved on. But I really enjoyed my time in Sheffield. I loved the, loved the city, loved the people there. They were so um, open, and you know, everyone wanted to always have a chat. And you know, it was a, a great place. Yeah. How how difficult was that for you with the change of manager, and then having to move on and. Uh, I guess, you know, now you're the, the manager as well uh, here at yeah, Atlanta. The, so, like, how does that dynamic work, going from that, experiencing that as a player and now being that coach? Yeah, most definitely. There's a lot of things that I uh, picked up along the way as as a player it, that I make sure, you know, of my coaching. And one of them is, you know, make sure all the players, you know, have, a, have fun. Mm-hmm. And that's something... Um, you know, especially at, at um, Sheffield and even a little bit at Palace as well. But um, we had a great bond at Sheffield with a player group. And I think that's um, very crucial to have success. You know, players have got to enjoy themselves, get on with each other um, and don't feel the stress of, you know, um, of being, you know, having a manager that's very, uh, I suppose, demanding or, or puts a lot of stress on the players. So, you know, sort of negativity or, or something like that. So I've, I learned that a little bit at Sheffield and then at Palace as well. Palace was a little bit different. Um, we didn't have, um, I suppose, the, the difference between the two is, um, you know, Sheffield was a small, I suppose, all the players lived close to, to the ground. So we, you know, socialised outside of training. Whereas at Palace, everyone, you know, London is a, such a big city that yeah. the players didn't have that much time to socialise outside of football. but. Um, the playing group that we had at Palace as well, that was a very close playing group. There was a lot of young players at Palace when I went to Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose younger players that wanted to have success and wanted to go on and and prove themselves in football. And we had a great time there as well. We won, had a lot of success when I was at Palace. You know, we won promotion up to the Premiership while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, those two clubs, I have a... A lot of time for you know. I still look at their results and you know, um, and hope that you know, you know, Palace are doing really well at the moment, and you, know, you just hope that Sheffield can bounce back up and get back up into the Premier League. Yeah, well, I mean, they had a run, good run there in the Premier League there for a bit as well. It's just rewinding back to your time there. So I alluded to it sort of at the beginning that FA Cup goal. You know, putting one past David Seaman uh, for Arsenal. Just describe that. I mean, I know you've scored big goals wherever you've gone. Uh, but since we're talking about this in particular, you know, to score in such a grand old competition like that against a big team, you know, what, is, what was that like? Yeah, it was it was great. Um, as I said, um, the new manager had just had been at um, had taken over at Sheffield. He'd been there maybe four or five weeks, and I'd been I couldn't um, 
get a, a regular starting position in the team when the new manager came in. I was a regular before he came and then when he came, I couldn't get back in the team. I was sort of in one week, then out for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks and then back in. And I hadn't been playing leading up to the FA Cup and he um, he put me in and, you know, I had a, you know, I'd say it was one of my best games I played for Sheffield in my time there that night. Um, yeah. He said scored a goal. Um, should have had a second goal, actually. Yeah. Um, but um, as you said, David Seaman was a first-class goalkeeper. He was you know, playing for England that time and he made a, a fantastic save and stopped me from having two. So, um, yeah, it was a great night. It was a... Very, I suppose, typical Sheffield night. Very cold with the wind coming, you know, blowing straight down the ground. It was, yeah, you know, Arctic conditions, and um, and the boys really dug in that night. And you know, it was backs to the wall um, sort of mm. performance. You know, we picked up a draw in the um, against Arsenal at Arsenal, and that was the return. Let you know the return yeah, the game because yeah. the replay. So. Um, and to get the result one nil, it was um, I think thoroughly deserved. Yeah. Um, and you know we went on and you know had a great night afterwards. Yeah, I bet. I was going to say you obviously remember that pretty well. Like, how how good is your memory for a, a lot of the games and those goals you scored while you spent time in the UK? Um, yes, as you say, some parts I remember quite well, and then there's yeah. other bits that. You, I, I have no um, recall at all and until yeah. I, you know, I might bump into someone and they, they might have said, you know, I saw you play wherever it was and you scored and, and then, you know, until someone, you know, gives me a few points and then it's sort of, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you talked a bit about uh, your, your time at Palace. We, I don't think you, when was it that Cantona... Um, Went after the fan. Was that, were you there then? I think no. Was I was. I, I was. Yeah, that was just before me. I was still at Sheffield then. So yeah, uh, right, right. Yeah, but it was a huge memory. story. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. I know. Um. Anyway, just I just remember that because that you know that was Palace. <laughs> but yeah, so your your time. What happened there? Was it a similar situation at Palace? What what ended up being the reason for you moving on there? Yeah. Again, you know, I had a lot of success and played a lot. At Palace, and you know, we went up to the the Premier League, and they brought a lot of players in. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I was just playing, you know, little little bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I look back now, I, I realised I made a mistake in moving, leaving Palace. I should mm-hmm. have stayed. Um, but that's you know, at the time, you know, you want to play football as a footballer, and when you're only getting 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there, it's not really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, I hadn't, you know, was approached by Millwall and, and sort of got convinced. Um, and this is where, you know, it's important to, for players that they have good people around them that um, give them good information. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, when I look back now, I, I suppose at the time the people I listened to weren't really looking after my best interest. It was more their interest. It was the agent that sort of convinced me to, to move on, yeah. Um, and I should have stayed at Palace. I should have listened to the to the manager at, at Palace at the time. He, Steve Copper, he told me not to go, and in the end, I went. And and within mm. you know within three or four days of being at Millwall, I'd realised I made a mistake. But then it wow. was too late. Yeah, right. So how do you do? You, do you recall that story? And that you know, when you're speaking to young players now, do you draw upon that and sort of say, look, this is what happened with me. 
Like, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's uh, but it, it's difficult, um, as you say. You got to have people around you that you trust one hundred percent, and they give you good advice. Um, and they don't have to be football people. It just have to be people that um, you know can listen and point out, you know, what the benefits and the risks are, mm. and you know maybe give you different scenarios. Um, but that you know, that's, as you said, that was something that I learnt. I learnt the hard way. Um, and in the end, um, yeah, yeah, went and stopped enjoying my football. Yeah, so I won't harp on too much on Millwall then. Um, <laughs> but so how did yeah, how did that time then go? Like after you said like a month or so, you just yeah, you realised that was, was a mistake. Yeah, look, it was it was very different. Um, I suppose the time when I was at Palace, we had a, I said it was a sort of a younger group there and. Training was enjoyable every day. You you mm. came in and you actually played football when you trained like, um, like a footballer. And then when I went to Millwall, it was completely opposite. Um, it was hardly any football played. Right. It was more about running and physicality. Um, mm. And I just didn't enjoy that at the time. Um, so it was different football as well. It was yeah. just, um, you know, there was no time to put the ball on the ground and pass it. It was just about getting it closer to the other goal as with as le- less touches as possible and, and, you know, and try and force mistakes. And it was just, um, yeah, not just the, the, it wasn't the way that I was, I'd been taught football and, yeah. and it wasn't the way that we played when I was at Sheffield and it wasn't the way that I played when we were at Palace and I just found it difficult. Yeah, fair enough. So did, did you know you were going to come back to Adelaide fairly soon after that or was that something that um, over time? yeah no look that was more of a family decision um at the yeah. time and i suppose at the time it didn't help that um, when i moved to millwall my wife had moved back to australia as well right. so i was there by myself um so that i suppose um made the time a little bit more harder because i was there yeah. by myself and going through a, a period where i wasn't um enjoying my football mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, um, you know, came back in the off season to Australia, and you know, we decided that we wouldn't go back. So yeah. I had I had to um, well, I had to end up going back to pack up everything, and you know, um, and um, for end my contract because I still had a two year deal left. Right. Yeah. At, at Millwall, so when um, we had to come to an agreement, so I could return to Australia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I don't want to end on an unhappy note, but. Um... Some of the oh, these are all the, yeah, these are all the experiences that you have. That's um, it. You know, and I'm in a coach now and, um, you know, I, I use a lot of my past experiences um, that have, um, you know, I suppose turned me into the coach that I am today. Yeah, well, and that's the sort of stuff that's not in the curriculum or the, the licences or any of that stuff. So no. how valuable have you found all of that to be able to draw upon? Yeah, it's very, very valuable. Um, it's just not just the football st- side of stuff, uh, you know, um, as a coach. Yes, that pays um, a big part of how you, the style of football you want to play, but um, there's a lot more to it around it, you know, to making how the players feel and and that they're enjoying themselves and that they have the freedom to express themselves. Um, so I'm a, quite a... Relax, coach. You know, I'm only, I suppose I'm only stressed, you know, for 90 minutes. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, I, I tried to have a, um, a relaxed 
environment where players are free to make their own decisions um, and to enjoy themselves. Yeah, and that's come up as a bit of a theme. Like, you know, we obviously did one with Huge and, you know, we just in other interviews that we have here at the club, like culture being a big thing and the group does seem very together. And I think it's that type of thing where they can go and they can have fun and it's, you know, a bit of banter and a bit of this and that. And they seem to, it draws them in. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Yeah. And don't, don't um, get me wrong, it's not all about having fun. There, no, you know, that's there right. are times you've got to, you know, pull your socks up and work extremely hard. Um, yeah. And you can, I think you can see that in our playing group. They work extremely hard for each other and they support each other. Mm. And that's a big thing and yeah. if you want to have success. Yeah, you've definitely got that balance. All right. So just before we wrap up, um, just quickly, like, just share some memories from Socceroos and and uh, some of that time. Like, I think you were you were in that ninety the uh, World Cup ninety four qualifier squad against Argentina. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's so correct. Yep. Um, and for me, that was huge because I was uh, at the time of that qualifier. I was in like year seven. I was coming towards the end of my. Sorry, that's my that's, um, right. that's my builder coming in asking me a question. <laughs> Fair enough. No worries. It's work done at home at the house. Well, actually, just on that, do you find it hard to switch off? And um, you know, when it comes to the you know the electricians and stuff coming around, like, yeah, how does that go? Do you, you're like, no, 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 I've got it. I've got it covered. Yeah, yeah, especially for the electrical work, I've got it covered it um, <laughs> since I'm a qualified electrician. Yeah, um, but um, no, it's it's. Um, I don't think you ever switch off um, from football. Yeah. There's always, um, as a coach, you're always thinking about either something that's happened in the last game or something that's going um, to happen in the next game. You're always thinking about the players that you've got, what, how you can improve them. Um, mm. So it's, I don't think you ever switch off from it. Um, no, no. But as you say, <laughs> going back to the national team, I yes. know they've got you know some big games coming up themselves. And um, I think that's my proudest um, part of my football life is playing mm. for the national team. I don't mm. think there's anything bigger honour than playing for the national team. And, I, you know, I instil that in the players now. And I, I think the national team becomes before anything else. And, you know, we hope that they have success and make the World Cup because um, yeah. it is difficult now. It's very difficult for our teams to make the World Cup. Um, mm. You know, so we just not get... Uh, are giving our younger players enough exposure to international football. Mm. It's something that needs to be fixed in this country um, um, because it affects the national team when we're not putting enough um, time and enough games into our um, good young players, then they suffer um, when they get older, when they have to go on the, you know, the world stage and perform and they haven't had those exposures. It, it certainly hurts. Yeah, hundred percent. And like you mentioned, it's not easy to to qualify, and you you experienced that. So you, like you were in that squad against Argentina yeah. with Maradona and all those <laughs> all those guys. And like I said, like my memory is a little bit hazy of it because I was like I was twelve at the time, coming towards the end of of uh, primary school. But I just I don't know that that time. The, the spew shirt years, which I, I, I remember asking, <laughs> I remember asking Vidi, did you like that shirt? It's like, no, hated it. No, Everyone yeah, hated it. Is. But it's become a thing, and I, I remember it fondly. And then, yeah, like I said, those games against Argentina, it was heartbreaking we didn't get through, but, like, it was, I don't know, it was just a, maybe it's rose-tinted glasses now, but there's just this sort of aura about the team then as well. 
And when, you know, Vidi put that goal away in Sydney uh, to make it 1-1, that was just unbelievable, you know? Like, it couldn't believe yeah, it must have, yeah, against the powerhouse of um, in, international football. Yeah. Um, Argentina, and they had, you know, the players that they, they had at the time as well. Um, yeah. um, I suppose we were a little bit starstruck, I would say that, yeah. as a national team. Um, you know, we still had... Um, more than half the team still playing in Australia. Yeah. And there was, as I said, at that time, there was only maybe seven, eight, nine players that were overseas. I went overseas um, just after that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was an exciting night, especially the night back in Argentina when we, we lost 1-0 and um, just the atmosphere there in that stadium mm. was just electric. Um, fright. It was frightening. Um, I, I will admit that we were a little bit scared that night. Yeah. Especially if we, I don't think we would have got out alive if we'd knocked them out of the World Cup. So uh, maybe it was a, a blessing in disguise that we didn't. Yeah, perhaps. I don't think anybody really thinks of that either then. Like, you know, early 90s, it would have been like it's rabid now, but back then as well. Oh. Yeah, well, there was, I think um, that night um, there was um, a few deaths um, that night in this, yeah, right. just outside the stadium. You know, there was just with um, rival supporters in Argentina fighting against each other. So, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I guess like Boca and River Plate fans and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I've often wondered about that, how they come together to be able to support the national team when they hate each other so much. So much when they're so passionate as well yeah. about it, aren't they? That's mm. right. But, okay, like people on the podcast can't see this, but I can see it on the video screen. Is one of those caps behind you, is that from uh, one of those games at all? Um, yeah, I think, no, not from those games. No. Um, one of them is my first game yeah. um, cap with my number on it and who the game was against and the other two are just um, a game against France and um, a game against Japan. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. I'll have to, uh, not that I'm inviting myself around to your house, but I'm going to have to come around and have a closer look one day. Yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for making some time to do this. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll chat to you real soon. No worries. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks, mate.